Welcome back everybody to another brand new edition of the Young Life Warrior podcast. We are currently in part two of True Powers Conversations. So last week we looked and listened to branding, personal branding, how it helps identity, how children can brand themselves as well in a positive, powerful way. Now, we are talking about the importance of racism, the importance of discrimination and raising awareness of this and to be perfectly frank with you this episode absolutely shook me to pieces because I learned something incredibly interesting about being called a victim but I'm going to let you listen mm. and maybe they feel threatened and I think that this is the thing and you know it's, it's gonna it's, it's it's always difficult for me to have these conversations and not bring or, or not introduce the kind of you know, white supremacist um, patriarchy, mm. it really is difficult for me to have these conversations and not and not bring that into the mix because structurally and, and systemically, you know, spaces, a lot of spaces are not created or structured or even safe for, you know, black people, black boys, black girls, black women, black men, um, or, you know, people of colour in, in general. But specifically for this conversation, I'm going to, name black because of my lived experiences and I think it's really really important that when we are having these conversations around diversity and diversity of thought um, we recognize and acknowledge that actually systemically these spaces haven't been created to benefit people of colour therefore we have to have an overhaul and break them down and bring those diversity that, that diversity of thought into these spaces so mm. that can so they can change um and that's why you'll always see me bang on about diversity and inclusion and equality because you know i i believe that we there's a long way for us to go and there's and you know in this entrepreneurship realm you know it's it, again um there's a lot of you know patriarchy patriarchy there's a lot of um misogyny there's a lot of you know you know racism um and it's about just constantly speaking about those things and bringing it to the forum and and having that dialogue yeah dude and i think that's so vital and i i was almost i wouldn't say accidentally arrogant or i wouldn't definitely not dismissive but unaware I say mm. arrogantly unaware, and there was a, there was a boy um, about what last year that another another boy said, "Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to touch that black monkey," and I was just like, mm. "Wow, like that." And that's this is the point. I was unaware because I did not know that still happened. I mean, how arrogant is that from me? Mm. Mm. And I was just like, "Jesus, God, I've got I've got to speak about it. I've got to interview more people. I've got to speak to more people. I've got to raise awareness because that's." And you know, for what? Because this boy was only seven years old. That's learnt behaviour. He didn't come out of the womb like that. That's learnt behaviour, and that's what needs to start. I, I think what it is is because um, they're not your lived experiences. It, you you won't be privy to it, and it's only when no. people speak on their experiences that that you become. But you know, let's you know, let's be real. I you know, the, the institution, you know, the whole educational institution is is fueled by racism, and uh, it's. It's you know my boys you know they they encountered twenty two in twenty two incidents of racism before um they moved schools you know and that those are just recorded mind you Chini, know Chini, 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 one 
yeah, they're, they're probably encountered a lot more. Um, and, you know, I can bet my bottom dollar that they did. Um, and it's because the institution of education is racist. And, it, you know, it's not particularly when you are in a space like when you're in a predominantly white school, it's not safe for black children. It's not safe, particularly the school that we went to. Um, and it really is about like as as you did speaking up about it and mm. and making people aware that you know it's not something that only happened in the 70s stroke 80s stroke maybe 90s it still very much happens to this day and we have to be actively anti-racist particularly when it comes to the kids and that's why mm. i always speak about racism in schools because i think it's a huge 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 problem that Ofsted really don't care about. They absolutely don't care about racism in schools and they and they, they don't care about children of colour in schools because if they did, then they would have made it mandatory for every school to have an anti-racism policy and they haven't. So there's there's lots of different things where, um, you know, I, 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 um, 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 when it comes to schools, when it comes to education and when it comes to to equality, there's in the UK. There's a long way for us to go. A long way for us to go. Mm. And I, I, I feel, I did, I did a diversity talk as a as a white man, and I felt a bit of an imposter. But I, I just, I didn't know how else to raise awareness of it. You know, it's just because I'm working with a boy at the moment who's um, who's Hindu, and he still gets called the p. He gets called the p word. Like, it, it freaking blows my mind. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And I think that, and, 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 and this is the thing. Um, and I love the fact that the school who you was speaking to actually mm. created a space for the child, the victim, to have work done with them. Because mm. often, particularly when it's black children, the black children are criminalised, the black children are seen, the black children are adultified, and even when they're the victim, they're also <laughs> they're also the criminal simultaneously because they're never afforded the the work that's being done um, with the perpetrator. They're never afforded that type of level of effort and work, or it's mm -hmm. very very rare. And I just think it's important that we start seeing, you know, black children as victims. Um, and you know, I'm I'm really pleased that this conversation has kind of gone in this yeah. way. Mate. it's important that we we have this type of dialogue because black children in in schools they're in danger you know they're in danger and people do not understand the the trauma of encountering racism and having a racist episode have or even the, the microaggressions you know it's 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 really really sad it's really really sad and i'm glad that we're having this conversation yeah, mate, I am as well. In fact, let's 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 divert the conversation around to think what would what do you think schools should be doing right now about that? So first and foremost, um, every school, whether it's mandated from Ofsted or not, should have an anti racism policy. Yeah, and 100%. in that policy it should detail, 
you know, what the consequences are for racism because it's actually a hate crime, you know, and it will be reported to the police. You'll be suspended, you'll be this, whatever the, whatever the sanction is, it should detail that. But then it should also detail the, the work that it's going to do with the perpetrator, but also the work of the victim. So what kind of support um, is the victim going to have? And then just the process of, you know, who do they inform? Do they inform local authority? If it's a state school, do they, do they inform the police? So, and also the training that the teaching staff will receive, because a lot of the time when racism occurs in, in schools where mm. the predominantly teaching staff are, are white, they don't know how to handle it. They don't know, they don't, they're not trained in that area. They don't know how to handle the victim or they don't know how to handle the perpetrator. So I think it's really important that if they don't know, then they bring, they, they get trained, they get mm. trained in, in, in that, in that area. But um, unless they're forced to do it, then we, unless they're forced to do that type of thing, then they just won't do it um, unless they're actively anti-racist. And my thing is, why wait? You know, what, what, if they're not going to do it on their own free will, then they have to be forced to do it. They have to be mandated and it has to be done at policy level. And if it's not done, at, so people are held to account. And if it's not done at policy level, then it's not treated with the severity that it deserves. Mm. And, and as well as that, mate, I think, I think, parents need to be educated as well of the of the perpetrator i think the parents need to have some form of education or some form of like meeting with the police or whoever it may be because like we, we know it's all no one's born racist are they it's, can i it's learn. yeah can i be blunt and honest with you forget yeah, the i'm not interested in the parents the parents have no oh. legal obligation around protecting and safeguarding the children um when they're in when when they're in this the school setting the school has now a lot of the time the parents can absolutely be racist as, as hell when they go home and there's nothing that's going to regulate them from saying any wild stuff or doing any wild stuff in the house whether they're educated or not and it mm -hmm. in some cases will be a waste of resource however right. when it comes to schooling and when it comes to the kids and when it comes to the, the the children the support should be offered to the victim and also the perpetrator um i there was incidences where they were saying oh we're going to work with the perpetrator's family and and him and i wasn't interested in that because a lot of the time the perpetrator's family the racism is so deep rooted in or in, in their dna that it's it, the, the support that the school would offer them is a waste of time it's not going to do anything whereas with the kids there's a moral obligation to do that because they're in the school um, and I think that's where the work should start. Um, I'm not saying discount the, 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 you know, the parents, you know, fine if you want to do some work with them, but they're not really my priority, to be honest. Um, my priority would always be the actual perpetrator. Um, and by that, I mean what sanctions given to them um, and then the, the children, the victims. I, th I think, I think, yeah, I agree, but disagree at the same time. I think for the, this is only from my own personal experience with with a ch child is like a triangle when in a school setting a child is a, is, is a triangle at the top is the teachers they need to make sure they're following the policies um and then i i strongly believe that professionals outside of the curriculum should come in and do talks or workshops with the whole of the community of the school and i and the parents as well 
I th it could okay, so it could be a waste of time, but I I th at least a letter, at least like a look. This is this is what we're talking about. It's really important. Um, this is our subject, and we're going to have this talk. But there needs to be a, a method of it being sustained over a long period of time, just to drip it in their head. Because I I, I the parents soon find out when their child's been suspended or on a detention or you know, mm. has gone home or, you know, something's mm. happened, like, that the parents would soon find out, but I think, mm. and this is just my experience, and there's no right or wrong to mm. this, um, well, there is, but these are just my <laughs> perception. Yeah. I'm not into wasting time on mm. basic parents, like, you've had, particularly now, we're in 2022, you know, anything that happened prior to George Floyd, you might can get away with it, but now in 2022, when we've had George Floyd, we've had all the Black Lives Matter pro protests and, you know, all of, you know, all, all of this listening and learning, which I think now should actually start, we should actually be implementing now. Um, mm. If you still don't know now, as a, as a grown ass adult, if you still don't know now, then I ain't wasting my time with you. I'm not mm. wasting my energy or time with you because you don't want to know. And I think mm. that, that's yeah, that's kind yeah. of where I'm coming from. School is different. They might have a yeah. moral obligation to, you know, speak with the parents, educate the parents as well as the child. A fair play, but I just wouldn't be wasting my time on them because it's it's 2022. Like, what are you a moron? Like, you, you still can't hold those views. And if you mm. do, that's a you problem. And that's kind of where I'm coming from. Well, I, th I yeah, so definitely agree with that. If 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 you don't know by now, then you're ignorant to it and you cho you're cho it's a choice you're choosing to be that way yeah with the amount of publicity that this has rightfully got you're choosing to be that way i, I think i was coming from the point of view that there are some parents out there which are not racist and if their kid was ever racist they will batter them like go to town like from a white background um i know that i was i i experienced that when i was a teacher in where was i uh in Eton. And I experienced that, and I, I informed. I informed them. I just told the parents, "I'm going to ring your parents. Mm. I'm going to ring. I'm going to ring. Of course, I'm going to ring your parents because this is not on. This that's this, it's the, the the least I can do." Um, and I did, and then they were fuming. They were absolutely fuming. So mm. I'm very I'm very happy in myself that I did that. Mm. I'm very happy that I, that I did do that because they were the parents weren't racist, but he was following peer groups of you know mm. you know and I, I love that and i think informing and working with i think are two different mm. things i think informing yeah. there is an, a duty and there's an obligation um you, you must inform but i think if you're going to waste resource when that resource could be given to the actual victims um then yeah i, I just have a different take on and and mm. probably because that's been fueled by my experiences of dealing with parents who are racist um mm. and seeing them get a lot of a lot of support and work when my child who's the victim hasn't even hasn't even been asked if he's okay and i think that's probably where it's, it's oh oh fueled from so um please you know it's not indicative of, of how i think everything mm. should be around it's just my experiences and mm. and perhaps that's probably where it's it's fueled from where i just thought you know it's a wasted resource when it could actually be given to somebody who needs it yeah and but by the way dude i, I definitely rang the victim's parents as well mm. oh, good. 
<laughs> I definitely did that. I forgot to. Yeah, so I, I rang obviously both parents and said, "This is what's happened. Everything's mm. okay. Um, I just want to let you know that I'm going to do it this way. If you want to take further action, you yeah. have every every right to, and I would not stop you at all. Mm. And let me know how I can help you press charges or do what it is you you want to do. I'll I'll be there and I keep an extra close watch on this on both on both kids mm. to make sure it doesn't happen again. And they turned out to be mates in the end. It took a Ooh. while. But they don't have to be mates. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, dude, we've only, oh, we've only got four minutes left. But I, I want to, oh, I want your help with with this. I've heard you say we victim, and I might. I don't know if this is an arrogant perspective from my point of view, but I don't. I don't like. Again, need your help with this. I don't like saying calling a child a victim through any circumstance because it gets in the head that they are a victim. And it, it, I don't know, maybe I've got a negative connotation because I was severely bullied when I was younger and I just thought myself as a victim and I was just getting suppressed down. I was made to eat spit burgers, had to stand in dog poo with barefoot, had to be tackled by the whole rugby team before I was allowed food by, by you know, the kids. And I, and I was, because I was in a victim mindset. So I don't, I, I, I don't want to come across as like, you know, brash or anything, but what, could you, could, you, do know you agree what? with that? I don't want I think with that... Day, I don't want to say. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're trying to say, but I yeah. think it's very nuanced, and I think you have to mm. approach it with a nuanced approach, particularly when you're speaking about different groups and different communities. Yeah. So with the... I'm going to speak on the black community, yeah. uh, and I'm not saying it for, you know, all black kids or all... I'm just going to speak on my experiences and what I've seen. A lot yeah. of the time, when it comes to the black community they're never seen as victims, they're never seen as vulnerable, they're never seen as, they're always seen as strong and fearful. And, and even if we just look at the, the, the proportion of um, death rates in the NHS when it comes to black women giving, you know, having their babies, it's not because of their genetics or anything like that, it's because when they are giving birth, they're not, if they're saying something hurts, they're just being regarded as strong and not vulnerable and not li listened to. And, and, and that's just one example. So when it comes to black children, uh, you know, I, I believe that they should be seen as victims, particularly when they've encountered racism at, at, at mm. any kind of level, because that's what they are. A lot of the time, black children are criminalised. They're adultified. They're, they're, they're seen as strong. They're seen mm. as criminals. They're not seen as a child, they're not seen as a boy, a girl, or a victim. And that is one of the fundamental reasons as to why when something does happen, you know, black kids are, you know, um, five times more likely to be kicked out of school um, because they're adultified and they're seen as criminals and they're never, ever seen as victims um, or seen as children. So I believe that when it comes to this discussion, you know, I completely agree in terms of, what you're saying about having that victim mindset and that, it, it, you know, in some cases it's not good for children. But when it comes to a discussion around this, I think we, we, we must, if something has happened that's caused significant mm. or harm, we must see those children as victims because that's what they are. But we must, of course, try and strike that balance and not allow them to be in that victimhood mindset. So maybe that there's a discussion around how we could treat them as victims, but them not see themselves as, as or, or them see as a passing moment or not victims forever. And maybe there's a discussion around that because I can see what you're talking about, but um, it's just quite difficult for, 
for us to, to strike that fine balance. But I think when it comes to mine, if they've gone some, if they've gone through something, then I'm definitely going to treat them as as the victims that they are, because nobody else is going to. I, you've just hit. I'm. I'm. By the way, I'm really glad we're having this conversation because I've learned something literally right now with that conversation you just had, and I'm glad I asked this question. And I'm going to be vulnerable, and I'm going to be honest. When I was teaching, virtually every single black child that was under my wing was, I, I personally, I'm sorry, perceived them as being hard. I perceived them as being just like, you know, like, oh, come on, so, you know, that, and just like, you know, I'm not going to, but there was this one time, one time when I created a refocus unit for all kids that were going through social emotional difficulties. One boy, uh, Cody, I'm going to say, his name's Cody. And uh, he broke down in front of me. He was mixed race. He was broke down in front of me one day because the pressure of being too hard was just too much. And I felt so... I, 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 had to, I, didn't, I don't know why I had to be strong, but I felt like I had to be a rock for him. Maybe that was the wrong thing to do. I don't really know. But yes, I see it, what you've just said. Because of my own perception, society or culture or social media or media, whatever it is, has put into my own head that the majority, if not all, of black people, black kids, have got an air of swag and they're hard when they're vulnerable people as well. They're allowed to be vulnerable. They're allowed to reach out. They're allowed to do that. So you saying that, seeing them as a victim, yeah, they are. Of course they are. They're a victim based on someone else's pathetic standards and metrics that are false mm. and untrue. So how about we just treat them as freaking human beings and just allow them that vulnerable space? Mate, thank and, you for that. that and the problem, was... and you're welcome, but the problem with that is that it's it's a damaging rhetoric. And I'm talking yes. not damaging, um, psych, you know, in, you know, psychologically, but physically, you know, you yeah. could, you, you could be, I remember being at secondary school and, you know, and it was a really racist secondary school, you know, really, really racist, really bad in the 90s. And I, I remember, you know, everyone saying that me and my brother was going to get jumped and stuff. And, you know, and I remember going to the head teacher saying, look, you know, the waiting outside, you know, we, we, we need to have this conversation. Um, mm. we, you know, we, you need to do something. And the head was like, no, no, you're fine. You know, look at you. You know, all these microaggressions, you know, look, you're fine. Don't worry about it. You know, go, go on home as normal. And that day, I remember both my brother and I got jumped from about 50 white boys wild. But the the point is, is that had I have been a white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl, I would have been escorted home. There's no way they would have right, left yeah. there. But when it comes to a black boy... It's he's he you know, we were giving the the kind of the the reputation that, you know, we, we must be hard and anybody that knows me knows I'm flamboyant, I'm quite delicate, I'm you know, I don't live up to the standards of what a man should be all this toxic masculinity bullshit. Like I am who I am, um, mm. like it or not, I'm vulnerable, you know, if I wanna cry, I'll cry, if I wanna, you know, show yeah. my emotions, I will do that. And I think the standard that black boys have to live up to in school, yeah. they play up to it. Oh, we've got to be the hardest. We've got to be the, you know, we've got to be the, the, the toughest in the school. I remember there's only like three other black boys in my year. And 
it one of the black boys had to be the toughest in the year one of them every single year group there was a black boy who was the hardest in the year because they were given this hysteria and they were given this mm. reputation that they had to live up to and it's mm. a crying shame that we don't mm. afford the space for black boys to be vulnerable or to be victims or to be upset or to be soft um quote unquote mm. we don't afford that space in the schooling system for that to happen and that's not just because of the the the, the peers it's 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 teaching staff it's Ofsted. it's 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 top down never bottom up it's, it comes those white supremacies you know misogynistic rules are top down and mm. it just filters right down to these kids and and even the black kids themselves feel that they have to live up to that yeah. And it's, you know, it's a crying shame. It is a crying shame. I wonder why, how we can stop that then or just give them that, like, that counsel, that 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 kind of, like, ease the pressure. You don't have to be like this. I don't know what, I don't know how, is it, is it cultural? Is it systemic? What, what is it? It's a bit of everything, but it's about providing that space for them to be yeah. And it's about yeah. providing that. And, you know, it's, it's so intersectional because not only are you you're tackling... Um, the racial aspects, but you're also tackling the, um, the 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 gender aspect as well, and this idea of being, you know, a strong black man or boy, yeah. having to, you know, fight these ideologies. On and mm -hmm. so it's about creating spaces where black boys can be vulnerable and and be okay with that, and mm -hmm. you know they can you know, cry and, and show a, a softer side to mm. them and that being seen as cool. So it really is challenging this toxic masculinity um, mm. and trying to, trying to push for a, 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 better, a better way of presenting the black male um, mm. or, or the black boy in schools. Um, and that's why I always say, you know, it's okay to be a victim. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be vulnerable because it's really, it's a dangerous rhetoric to try and live up to the standard of what society expects, um, particularly when you're criminalised, adultified and, 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 and have to live up to that. It's just, it's, 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 it's unattainable. It's quite, well, it's not quite, it's very toxic to think the opposite of that. Don't, so what I was just saying just there, thinking don't call yourself a victim because that means that they're just going to keep on doing it to you. You know, don't mm. do that. You, mm. you just got to allow that. Support. And I, th I think, I think how we can at least make a tiny change is, is this, like, like you, you've now what you've given me is more insight, a different perspective, a powerful perspective that I'm going to use when I go into schools. Mm. And if anyone comes up to me and speaks to me, in fact, what I might do is just offer some little co little workshops just for free for anyone that wants to come along, or maybe mm. just folks just for boys. So these conversations, they, these conversations need to happen, and also people need to see you, who you are, speaking like this, mm. changing that mindset, changing that culture, offering a different like light in the brain to make kids think that I don't have to be the hard black boy at the top of the school like beating the pack i don't have to be i can i can i can show my emotion i can be vulnerable mm -hmm. it was you know what i you know my my son um 
he's 11 now and he we we was in a a, a meeting he'd done something silly at school um at this new school that you know mm. that in not name calling you know the usual blah 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 and um so the teacher called me in and just having a little conversation about it and i'm asking him you know what you know what happened what mm. happened blah 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 what was you thinking about like what was going on and he was just like, I don't know. I don't know, Daddy. Like, I don't know. I was just thinking, I, was, I don't know. And we left the space that we were in. And um, and I remember in being in the car and speaking to him. And he just broke down and in tears. And then he was telling me that, you know, he was, had a nightmare and was thinking about all this stuff that's, you know, all this sort of traumatic stuff that happened previously. And I, and I said to him, well, why didn't you do that? in the school like for the why you know, why did you just leave it like blank face and it was like because i didn't think i was allowed to i didn't think that um you know they would want they would um they would want to see me speak like this and blah 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 and i was like this is horrendous like mm. you didn't feel that this space was safe enough for you to be vulnerable and for you to say all this everything that was on your mind you bottled all of this in until you felt that there was a safe space for you to disclose and open up and I was like this is how mental health particularly when it comes to this is what how it affects boys really badly because they're made to feel that they can't open up in in certain mm -hmm. states and they can't be vulnerable um and it's just really 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 sad because mm -hmm. had I have not been a father that understands mental health understands toxic masculinity um, and understand how damaging things like that could be and afford, you know, my child, my boy child, that, that space to be vulnerable, then he would have bottled all of that in. So there's no space at school. There's no space at home. There's no space for anything for him to really be vulnerable and emotional and be a victim. And who knows what that would have done to his mental health. And I think, let's face it, there isn't, there isn't a lot of, of men um, particularly traditionally, um, who have have views about men speaking and opening up, um, mm. and because I know that my father saying, well, I'm not even going to go into that, but you know, I certainly didn't have a space where I could be vulnerable around other men, and I think it's so so important that in schools, if we if we can't do it at home, mm. if we can't, if there's not space at home for uh, where people are getting that from men. It has to happen in school. There has to be a space where they can be vulnerable. There has mm. to be a space where they can be be victims and, and be open and share and cry and laugh and, and have a space where they can get whatever is on their emotions off their chest because it's going to be... Well, we could see what's happening now. It's detrimental mm. to mental health. And we, we could see it's happening in front of our eyes, you know men are really, really dying because they're keeping mm -hmm. everything inside. And it's all mm -hmm. learnt from a very young age. Yeah. Uh, oh, geez. <sighs> yeah, you've massively hit on something. It's almost like stopping a, a kid from laughing or being happy, because that's an emotion. What, what, why are we blocking sadness? Why, does a ch why are we not providing a safe arena for children mm -hmm. to be real, not even vulnerable, be real? You know, I want to cry. I, I, I feel unhappy. I got called this. He hit me. She said this to me. Mm. You just need that space just to, gee, geez. Um, Powerful. Yeah. 
True. I, I feel like I've got to chill all day about this. It's, and, <laughs> and I'm not even laughing. Oh, I am, but I'm, I'm being serious. It's so, it's so important. It's so important. But you know what? I think we, we, we started the dialogue and we can certainly, you know, we can have a part two to this conversation. Um, and, you know, we can look into it, you know, a little bit more. But I think particularly for you in the space that you're in, I just mm. think it's really important that we we have these real conversations and sometimes, you know, conversations, yeah. and I know we didn't plan to speak about this, mm. but sometimes conversations have a way to organically moving into an area or a field where what, that we're both passionate about and, mm. um, and, and, and we just have to allow that conversation to happen, yeah. which I'm glad yeah. that it did. Well, I'm glad that it did because I would never know what racism is. I would never know what that is. I'll, I'll know the definition and I can type it on Google and I can sit there and be really angry when I see it, but I'll never know what it feels like. Mm. So the best thing I can do is just talk about it with people. Mm. That's it. That, and, and, and just try and be real and nurture people that are going through that. The victim now, when I say it, the victims now, mm. because now I understand. Genuinely true, I understand. Good, good. You said victim, yeah. I get it now, I get it. It's so, mm. it's so weird. Um, and these conversations are going to help because now I'm going to, now all these people that have seen this are going to be thinking, oh yeah, okay, cool. And the conversation that I'm going to have with this boy next weekend is going to spread that and spread through the family. So, mate, I'm so, I'm so happy it went this way. Yeah, me too. Me too. Really good. Time. I mean, we've been speaking for an hour and 15 almost. So, yeah. um, <laughs> it's only meant to be a half an hour segment. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's well, good. bro, maybe we could do like a, maybe we could do a clubhouse room or something like in a, yeah. in a distant future or something if, if you're for yeah. that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's fine. Yeah. And just, just before we do close, everyone that's following me, Definitely, that's not like I'm begging it, but it's it will help you out. True, follow true, follow his journey, follow his adventure, mate. Before we do close, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you're doing now? Anything? Any services? Where can we find you? What can we do? Yeah, if you want to, guys, um, you can truepower.com. That's true without the e. T r u p o w e w l dot com. Um, all things personal branding, publicity. If you're an entrepreneur and you need help and support with getting yourself visible then please do contact me and I'll be happy to help support you in any which way. Um, I do have a group coaching program kicking off on the 3rd of February. So if anybody wants to jump on that, there are, there are only a few spaces left on that program, but just mm -hmm. DM, DM me the word spotlight and I will get you the details for that. Spotlight. Thank you. That was legendary, bro. So everybody that's following me, definitely, definitely, definitely follow true without the E. Make sure if you want to be visible and not be invisible, then follow this guy because he brings the power. He brings Amen. the power. Well, Amen, bro. Thank you for having oh, me. Dude, I appreciate you being kind of like understanding of me and my my head. And you, mm -hmm. you delivered that so confidently and professionally and just you really made me feel comfortable. Do you know what, mate? You made me feel really comfortable speaking about that today. And that's, sometimes I feel uncomfortable because I don't want to say the wrong thing, but you didn't, you just made me feel comfortable with me. So, dude, that means, it means the world to me. Not everyone says that about me, so I'm glad that you said it today. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, right. that's... Oh. I'm going to promote that, bro. So yeah, everyone listen, nice to you following this absolute legend. Thank you so much for everyone that's com uh, conversated today. Sorry we didn't get through all the uh, the chat. Do forgive me. True is a very active man. Make sure if you do want that next level, you check out his program. Check him out on Instagram. You can follow him. 
make sure you engage with him uh, because he's going to get you to that next level, that that next point in your life. If that's what you want, if that's the area you want to grow in, if you want to take your brand seriously, Drew's the man. Amen. Thank you Sweet. so much. Yes, brother, I appreciate it. Mate, right. I appreciate it so much. Bye-bye. Thanks, bro. Take care, mate. See you later, everybody. Wow. What an absolutely incredible, powerful episode that was from Drew. I could not believe that it was okay to call yourself a victim. For me, I always had the mentality of if you think you're a victim, then you are a victim. And therefore, that will behave in your psychology. But actually showing that vulnerability is a true strength. So... True pal, if you're listening to this bro, you have absolutely shaken my thought tree and given me a new belief and I thank you for that my good man. And for those of you that do want to level up your life to a different degree and you want to start coaching kids, you, what if this session has impacted you, then maybe you could kind of get out there and raise awareness of discrimination. You want to raise awareness of boosting confidence in class. You want to help children not be bullied. Well, you can and you must because this world is so delicate right now after what we just endured. Imagine helping a child get through their anxiety. This is what I'm teaching you in our brand new free webinar, which is going to be released at some point in the near future. If you're interested, just send me a little DM kid coach on my instagram and i'll send that link over to you as soon as possible in the meantime carry on being absolutely epic and i really hope you enjoyed this episode